Good morning, evening, or afternoon, and welcome back to the Tough Discussions podcast. My name's Austin, and I'm going to be your host, and today we're going to run through the top five undisputed best movies in the history of the world. I had some ground rules whenever I made this list that I definitely wanted to keep kind of in control. That way, uh, no like one franchise dominated the list. So this is what I did. So the rules that I came up with were one movie entry per franchise. So for example, I couldn't have like five straight Marvel movies. Does that make sense? So hopefully that makes sense. And then the other rule that I kind of wanted to do was I wanted to vary up the genres. So I didn't want to do all action movies or like all comedy movies, that sort of thing. And so the top five that I have where there are some similarities and you'll kind of see them, they are different genres and I'll explain my thought process in that as we kind of go. So hopefully that makes sense. Um, if it doesn't, then I think you'll get it, but uh, let's jump right into it. With number five, the fifth greatest movie of all time is Miracle on Ice, uh, or just Miracle, which is what I've kind of always called it. So if you've never seen Miracle, it is the movie and sort of like after the fact documentary. I don't really know what you'd call that, but movie of the 1980s U.S. Olympic hockey team uh, that beat the Russian Soviet Union at the time hockey team, which was like a renowned Olympic hockey dynasty. They won six straight gold medals. The USA took them off of their hockey throne in the 1980 Olympics. This movie has even deeper historical value, though. Because it's in the 1980s, this is in the middle of the American and Russian Cold War. And a lot of people viewed this hockey game as what actually had ended the Cold War. Obviously, that wasn't the exact reason why the Cold War kind of died out. But it was a big moment for the American people to see that they could win and to see that there was like light at the end of the tunnel. Talking more about the movie itself, uh, I think that the acting is incredible in it. Uh, the embodiment of the hockey kind of like culture and like the hockey guys and hockey coaches and that like rough and tumble northern kind of like big burly man vibe, it embodies that so well. Uh, it does a great job of painting the American hockey team as this ultimate underdog. To me, it's like the greatest underdog story ever. I think that this is one of the greatest performances ever by Kurt Russell, who plays Herb Brooks. Herb Brooks is the USA's coach, and it's kind of his story because it is very much a redemption story for him. Um, he was supposed to play on his Olympic team during his time as a player, uh, played all the way up until the final cuts, and then was cut right before the USA would go on to win the Olympics. Because of this experience that he had, his goal as a coach for his entire life was to coach this hockey team and beat that Soviet Union team, and that's exactly what they would go on to do. Another thing that this movie does incredibly is it shows this team growing together from the very beginning. One of the first on-ice scenes that we see is two of the USA players dropping the gloves and getting in a fist fight in the middle of practice because of old bad blood that they had from their college playing days. Towards the middle of the movie, it's Christmas time, and you see the whole team in Coach Herbrooks's house, uh, just playing around, opening gifts, going outside in the snow and playing football. And you really see a family start to develop within this hockey team. It had become more than just a game for these guys. And that's kind of the whole embodiment of this story is that sports is more than just sports. It means more than just, you know, in this case, dropping a puck on the ice and shooting goals, right? It's more than that. It's a family. It's camaraderie. And it can make a difference for a lot of people. And so that, for me, is why Miracle on Ice is such an incredible movie. 
So coming in at number four on my list is my MCU or Marvel Cinematic Universe pick for this list. Uh, so there was a lot of movies that I could have picked. Obviously, I'm a big MCU fan, but the one that I ended up picking and the one that has always kind of ranked supreme for me is Captain America and the Winter Soldier. What I love so much about this movie is it very much changed the way that superhero stories could be told and showed audiences and also big you know, production people that – Move the, you can tell a superhero story in a way that's not so systematic and kind of episodic, whereas Captain America Winter Soldier really pushed the boundaries of what a superhero story should be about. At its core, what this movie really does well is it shows the differences that has happened over the course of time from World War II up until at this time 2014, kind of in the whole world. Uh, Captain America was able to see like the way that the world worked back in the 1920s and 1930s. And so because of him being, you know, off ice and his whole story, it really brings up this big question of like subtle, slow developing change in big systems. That's what kind of happens in this movie where uh, Hydra infiltrates S.H.I.E.L.D. and kind of develops it into Hydra over the course of a long time. And the reason why this is so big for Captain America is because he basically woke up one day and there was Hydra again as S.H.I.E.L.D. But for everybody else that was alive the whole time and wasn't on ice frozen, they were able to kind of slowly get into the trickery of Hydra slowly becoming S.H.I.E.L.D. or vice versa. There's not a superhero that could better tell this story or have this story with than Captain America because of his strong morals and, and very strong values that he has. And that's kind of the whole point of his character. This is the first exposure that we have to this Captain America that kind of is going rogue subtly, kind of doing different than than what is what is normal in like today's world because uh, of the differences in values and things like that. And it kind of foreshadows Civil War with that where he just disagrees with over overseeing of, of big like big security organizations. And this movie ends with the decline of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is obviously a huge thing for the MCU at the time. And Captain America Winter Soldier really does it in a way that's so smart. Another great part of Captain America and the Winter Soldier is the moments that happen in this movie. Uh, whenever I think about this movie, I think about the incredible elevator fight sequence with Captain America and all of the just turned on him Hydra soldiers within that elevator. Uh, it's a really iconic Marvel scene, uh, and it showed up again in Endgame, Avengers Endgame. Another awesome scene, I think, is whenever they are fighting. Captain America is fighting uh, the Winter Soldier downtown, and his mask rips off, Winter Soldier's mask rips off. And it's, it's the first kind of exposure that it's actually Captain America's longtime friend Bucky all the way back from World War II, who he thought had died. And the reason that this is so important is because it gives Captain America this hope that maybe he could have his friend back and he could have his normal life back that he always wanted. Because that's kind of what Captain America has always wanted, was that he wanted to live the life that he had kind of waiting for him back in the 1930s. And so all in all, this movie has a ton of incredible moments, and if you've never seen it, I recommend that you see it. Uh, the MCU as a whole is an incredible franchise, and this number four slot and talking about the MCU could go on forever. Uh, and so there are a ton of movies that could have made this list, but Captain America and the Winter Soldier, for me, has always been my standout. So that's my number four greatest movie of all time, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. So for number three, the third greatest movie of all time is one that is an all-time classic and one that honestly hits my age demographic so well, and that is The Wolf of Wall Street. There's so many great parts about this movie, but where I want to start first is with Leo DiCaprio's performance as Jordan Belfort. I think that that is one of the greatest performances of his entire career. He does an incredible job at embodying Jordan Belfort's wittiness and charisma while also doing a really good job at portraying the 
drug aspect of the whole story and and all of the like kind of like scumbag type of things that that happen on Wall Street. DiCaprio does an incredible job at performing those acts and kind of actions. He does an incredible job performing them in a way that's like very believable and not fake. It, this movie really pulled no punches. It shows all of the crazy, ridiculous aspects of a young, rich kid who made millions on Wall Street and basically partied it away a lot, you know, in the 80s. It really did a good job at bringing that to the forefront of, you know, an audience in the 2010s. And I think that DiCaprio was an incredible, you know, actor in that movie. Uh, and there's been a lot of uh, Jordan Belfort interviews talking about how DiCaprio is who he wanted to play him and, and all this kind of stuff. So I think that DiCaprio did an incredible job in this movie, and I think it's one of the best performances of his whole career. Talking just about the movie, it has a ton of incredible moments and so many quotable lines from the classic Matthew McConaughey moment towards the beginning of the movie with the hmm, hmm, and that sort of thing. Uh, there's so many quotable moments and so many crazy parts of this movie. It's like a movie that is fake or made up, but it's actually a story of real life. It's like a fairy tale in real life, kind of. Um, it's crazy. It's an awesome movie that I recommend that you watch because it is a great redemption story for, uh, you know, a guy who was just trying to get by and ended up, you know, kind of over overbiting, you know, kind of putting too much on his plate and, you know, it just ended up going into catastrophe. But it's a great redemption story and it's honestly a really good watch. Uh, so that is my number three greatest movie of all time, The Wolf of Wall Street. Before we get into the top two, I want to go over some honorable mentions that I have. Um, just kind of right here before we get into the top two. So that way you don't think that I'm leaving anything out. Uh, so one of my honorable mentions is the Avengers, um, kind of as the franchise, like the, the saga of the Avengers, but specifically Avengers infinity war and Endgame. Uh, those are incredible stories. And, you know, obviously if you're a Marvel fan, they were incredible moments just in the past little while of like movies releasing. It was really big moments in the, in the uh, movie and like cinema world. Um, another movie that I wanted to kind of recommend, and this is the oldest movie on this list by a landslide, is The Empire Strikes Back, Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. Um, I didn't I didn't put it into the main list, and that's mostly because it wasn't like a part of my childhood, really. Like I didn't grow up with Star Wars being like a big thing, big prevalent thing. And so I felt like it was kind of out of place, especially next to the movies that I have on my top five list. Uh, but it's an awesome movie. Obviously, Star Wars is awesome. Another one that I wanted to mention is Coco. Uh, my Pixar and kind of animated movie is coming up next, actually number two. But Coco is an incredible movie, and to me, it is the second greatest Pixar film ever. Uh, number one is is next up on the list. But uh, Coco is a great story, and it is just such a great watch and such an incredible way of of storytelling, both with music and with visual. It has incredible animation. And I cannot recommend Coco enough to just anybody. Like that's that's one of the most recommendable recommendable movies for me is is Coco. So go watch Coco. Seriously, those are my honorable mentions. Let's get right back to number two, the number two greatest movie of all time. So number two, the number two greatest movie of all time is the best Pixar movie ever made, Finding Nemo. Uh, this is one that subverts subverts a lot of people's expectations because uh, Finding Nemo is not considered like the number one Pixar movie ever generally. Uh, but there's a couple reasons why I really love Finding Nemo. Number one, I grew up watching a ton of Finding Nemo. It's one of the movies that I like that I feel like imprinted on me more than anything I've really ever watched. Um, another reason why I think Finding Nemo is an incredible movie is because I think that the ocean's really cool. I just like the ocean in general. And the animation that's done by Pixar in this movie 
really depicts the ocean in such a beautiful way with all of the different uh, fish that they incorporated and all of the different kind of settings and scenes with the pipes and all kinds of crazy stuff. They they do an incredible job at really using the setting that, setting that they picked out, which is the ocean, in my opinion, in probably the best way any movie has ever utilized their setting across across anything, even across like real like like live action films. It's the story of an overprotective dad who loses his kid and has to go rescue him, you know. And it's it's such a heartfelt movie, and there's so many great moments like um, the anglerfish scene in uh, the pitch black with Dory. Or whenever uh, they initiate Nemo at at, uh, at the top of Mount Wanahakalugi, there's so many incredible moments in Finding Nemo, and I'm sure most people have seen Finding Nemo. But if you haven't, or if you don't have a lot of appreciation for it, I recommend just watch Finding Nemo and pay attention to the details, and you will fall in love with this movie the way that I have for my entire life. So the number two greatest movie of all time, none other than Pixar's Finding Nemo. So finally. Number one, the greatest movie ever made is Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight. So I know kind of what you're thinking off the rules. There's two superhero movies in this list. Well, that's kind of where I disagree with you here. The Dark Knight is not really a superhero movie. It is a crime thriller, and that's what Christopher Nolan focused on whenever making this movie. Um, The Joker is, in my opinion, the greatest cinematic villain ever. Heath Ledger destroyed that role. Uh, easily the best role of his career, and I like I said, the greatest cinematic villain to ever exist. The way that this movie was made is so smart because it honestly makes you see both sides of the coin so well with the villain choices, with how the Joker interacts, the Joker's live plan, and just the different take on the classic comic villain who is, you know, genuinely or, you know, usually more like funny and like quirky and does kind of stupid stuff. This Joker is smart. He's calculated. He's deliberate, and he's just straight up evil. And that, for me, I get that feeling just through the screen. Uh, and so that's why he's my greatest cinematic villain of all time. Uh, this the opening bank sequence in this movie is incredible. It is how to open a movie, in my opinion. It's it's the right pacing. It's gorgeous, and it really does show you how crazy and manipulative the villain is right away you totally get the vibe of the joker instantly as soon as you open this movie up and the lesson that batman learns in this movie to me is fascinating which is sometimes you just have to let the world burn alfred says it it's one of his like main quotes and it's a big movie quote in general where sometimes you have to let the world that you know burn down in order to defeat whatever villain or evil is in front of you and so at the end of the movie batman's reputation is ruined he's hunted by the cops And all of that was just to defeat the Joker and keep together the sanctity of Gotham City. Batman sacrificed all of that to keep together the city that he loves so much. Some of the best parts about The Dark Knight for me are building Batman in real life with things like real-life vehicles and like very smart and well-worded things with the suit and with the gadgets. These are really important things that I think are such subtle details but make you appreciate and really feel the impacts of these movies whenever – crazy stunts happen or whatever it's like this kind of stuff could really happen and chris nolan killed his entire trilogy with these kinds of things where you know usually superhero movies are kind of like fantastical and supernatural or like kind of like not believable whereas this dark knight trilogy and specifically the dark knight itself is so well executed to where you actually genuinely believe that batman could exist and all of his villains could exist too 
from filmmaking to storytelling and all around the casting for this movie, that's what makes it the greatest movie ever for me. It feels real, it feels valuable, and it genuinely feels like it could happen in the real world while it's still a superhero story. And so that is the reason why I think that The Dark Knight by Chris Nolan is the greatest movie of all time. If you made it this far in the pod, I wanted to say thanks so much for listening. Uh, this was a super fun show for me to make, and I plan on doing a lot more like rank it type episodes where I do like top fives or top tens. And so I'm definitely going to do more of these. Um, if you listen this far, make sure to leave a review or a like, share it around, do whatever you got to do. Um, I really want this podcast to grow, and so that's you know obviously where we start with that. And also, if you made it this far, I know I introduced this thing as like this definite top five thing. That was just a joke. Obviously, it's not a definite top five. So uh, maybe I'll do the same topic again in a little bit. Also, uh, tweet at me with your top five movies or whatever or argue with me about why mine sucks. That's always fun too. Um, But I want to say thanks so much for watching and listening or whatever you're doing. Uh, I appreciate it. Leave a review if you really liked it. Uh, Let me know kind of what topics you want me to do next. And that's all I got for you. So we'll see you later. Thanks for listening. This has been Austin. Peace.